I one day just decided, nope, I'm I'm not gonna be disempowered and fearful. I'm going to to figure this out. And I really decided to own my wellness. And when that happened, things started shifting and moving and the answers started coming. You're listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Hello, thought leaders. Welcome to The Business of Thought Leadership podcast. I'm your co-host and co-founder, Nikki Ballou, along with my amazing co-host and co-founder, Michael Palmer. Say hello, Michael. Hey, 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 hey. And we are so excited. We have a real treat for you today on today's episode. We have on our episode, none other than top podcaster, Nicole Keating. Nicole is the creator and host of the Art of Epic Wellness podcast, a top three podcast in iTunes for her category, which is health and wellness. Nicole is amazing. She has got phenomenal strategies for how she created this incredible podcast, how she's used it to spread her message, and more importantly, from our perspective, how she's used it to help herself be commercially relevant and make a lot of money. This is going to be a great podcast. Michael and I are actually as excited as you are to learn from this incredible lady. Nicole, are you ready for us? Hello, everybody. Thank you. Gosh, I feel so honored to be on your your show. Excited to be here. Well, we're honored to have you. Well, listen, you and I met at an event that we did in Northern California back at the end of April, early May. And uh, I was really, really impressed with your energy, with your passion, and with the power of your message and the fact that you had a very successful podcast of your own. Could you just for the folks give everyone a brief history of you, how you got to be involved in your area of thought leadership and specifically what got you involved in creating your own podcast and what that's helped you do in terms of just getting your message out there? Mm, Yeah, sure, Nikki. I'd love to share that. So I've been running my podcast is called The Art of Epic Wellness for I'm into my second year, my second season, which any podcasters out there listening know that you know, that's a, it's a challenging thing. It's, it's an awesome thing, but it's to get into your second year is, is exciting. And now I'm, I really feel like I'm hitting my stride with it. And so how I got into it. Wow. Well, that I'd have to go back uh, almost six and a half years and say, that's when everything changed in my life. Uh, I had a relationship I'd been in for four years. And uh, in 2010, on a Friday night, Uh, my boyfriend passed away suddenly. And it's obviously a really tragic, crazy beginning to a huge shift in my life, which led to me ultimately waking up and saying, I need my life to mean something. I need my work to mean something. If, if something like that can happen, then, you know, I've, I've got to create something that's more meaningful. Otherwise, what's it all for? So that was really the beginning of of an awakening. I was kind of living my life in a just day-to-day kind of a more blind fashion. And that experience, um, even though it's extremely tragic, it was, I call it my silver lining now. You know, years later, I can look back on it and say that despite, you know, the sadness around it originally, that now it's a gift and it's something that's guided me to begin to share. So fast forward in time, a few years later, I was doing much better emotionally, much better 
spiritually, I'd really found my stride there and emotionally much better. But uh, physically, something was going on. And I was trying to figure out, I'm sure your listeners know what I'm talking about. When you go and you check out Dr. Google and and you're on WebMD trying to figure out what your symptoms are saying, and it's like the scariest thing ever. You think, oh my gosh, I'm dying of cancer, and I have this, and I have that. And it's really disempowering to go online and start searching for what's wrong. And I was basically in pain, physical pain, and it was a manifestation of of the grieving process is what I, I really figured out. But I one day just decided, nope, I'm, I'm not going to be disempowered and fearful. I'm going to to figure this out. And I really decided to own my wellness. And when that happened, things started shifting and moving and the answers started coming. And so uh, for me, it was, I had mercury amalgam fillings in my mouth. And that was one of my major discoveries that that could be the burden that was creating a problem for me. And so I got them removed in the proper way, which is to go to a biological dentist. And instantly I felt a little bit better and it got better and better. Then I started, you know, figuring out my diet and realizing I was allergic to gluten. So it was all these things. And what happened, what it created was a profound desire not only to make all these changes, but then I felt like, oh my gosh, if I didn't know this, I have to share this with other people. So it created a responsibility to share with other people, which I think that's what thought leadership is in a way, right? It's kind of like, I can't keep this to myself. I have to help others. So I actually gave my business at the time I was doing art therapy. I'm a painter, an artist, and I was doing art therapy with Alzheimer's, dementia, autism. And it was a beautiful healing experience. So that was kind of my post-grieving business. But I decided I wanted to start a podcast and I wanted to share this wellness message with people. And uh, so that was about, that was the end of 2014. And here we are. (laughs) Wow. That, uh, thank you for sharing your story. And I mean, certainly hearing about the the tragic loss of your boyfriend. I mean, it hit home, hit, hits home for me right away. What that would have been like, you know. I have a, a new family, um, and uh, I can only imagine what that journey was like. So, thank you for sharing it with with both Nikki and I and our and our listeners, because you know, it really is the foundation of of your of your thought leadership of what you've created today, and it is an important piece. And and I think one of the things we talk about a lot. In, in the business of thought leadership is revealing and being authentic about who you are, where you've been, the journey you've 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 got you've walked along, and uh, and then where where it's taken you. And so you know you said a lot of things that I think wow you really you've got a great foundation. You, first of all, you you had a, an awakening so to speak, and then you did the the the, the research. You you put your immersed yourself into healing yourself, and now you're passionate and sharing it with the world. That is, you nailed it. That is the foundation of thought leadership. So thank you. A hundred percent. Well said. I'm really curious, you know, two years, you said you, you've been doing this for two years. We talk a lot about consistency in your message and, and getting it out there. What, what it's like you said, it's, it's not easy uh, to do. <laughs> what if, tell us a little bit about it's the setbacks, the challenges, you know, yourself getting in your way, you know, other obstacles. I'd love to hear about the challenges of getting to, t- to year two. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's good to bring that up because it, it is important that people know that, you know, I think Nikki and I heard Brendan Burchard together say, uh, you know, the door of opportunity opens, something like this. I could be butchering it, but it's work that answers. And that is very true. But when you're really, really connected to your mission and your passion, it's much easier to keep going. So number one is that, yeah, I definitely had a deep connection to what I was doing. But um, the first year, I was also getting married. So the the first few months of my podcast was this crazy roller coaster ride. Um, and then I was getting married in May. So the month of April, I really struggled. I felt like the wheels were going to fall off the bus. I had somebody helping me and then I transitioned to doing all the editing and the doing everything myself. And that was about, that was like the eight weeks before my wedding. So, you know, I'm I'm talking about wellness. I'm talking about rituals and health habits. And I felt like my own bus was falling off the road. You know, it was just crazy. So I really feel um, that it gave me a new perspective on, you know, this this process of this online thought leadership, this, this world is that consistency is absolutely key and it's so important. But it's also, how are you taking care of yourself in the process? So that was a big lesson in the first six months, right? And then I realized, you know what, there's so many it was really good for me to learn how to do all of that. I will say, I will say that the timing wasn't great, but that it was really good for me to learn how to be the backup in case somebody on my team, like now I have a virtual assistant that that makes sure the podcast goes out and that a lot of the back work, which I'm sure you guys know, you're, you're creators of, of a podcast as well. There's a lot of work that goes into it. So I think it was really good for me to learn that piece, but also then when I had it down to pass it back on because there was no way I was going to be able to create additional value with keeping all of that in my uh, responsibility. So I think that's a good lesson that I learned. And also, you know, sometimes technological stuff happens. Like one time my podcast was in the top 10 of all of health and wellness and I got all the way up to the top three for a while. But at one point when in the top 10, my podcast did not go out. We couldn't figure out what was wrong. And this was part of that that uh, time where we took it over. I took it over myself. So I was like, you know, really bummed out. It went from number 10 all the way down the chart. And of course, that in itself was another lesson, which was, I was upset about this. And I remember talking to one of my mentors and he said, you know, if you think about it, that like your numbers, the the amount of people listening and your rank, it's it's really profound that that is one person with their earbuds in their ear listening to you and learning and growing and you're changing their life. And it really just shifted um, my my kind of vanity metrics I was worrying about and stressed out about. It kind of shifted it into perspective of, oh my gosh, I'm helping real people. So that was another lesson I had was like, oh, it's really not about where my rank is and, and the exact number. It was, it really shifted everything into perspective on how profound this medium is that, that literally somebody could be listening to my voice in this intimate way. So that was another thing. And, and we, we did figure it out. So like it, everything is figure outable. It was just persistence. So it took about a week and a half. I had a show that did come out and it was, it was a real bummer. So that was one thing that happened. <laughs> and then let's see. Yeah, I think this last Christmas holiday, I was just like, I felt like I needed a break. So I actually did, I did a podcast called The Art of Rest. And I talked about 
the importance of. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That, that, that speaks to me. Nikki, Nikki and I have kind of an inside joke where we're talking about, I love my sleep. I need my sleep. So I'd have been, uh, I got to go back and listen to that. Yeah. So it was really me saying, you know what? It's okay to take a break. There's rhythms in life. And as entrepreneurs, when we, you hear people talk about grinding or crushing it and that's all good. It's also very masculine. And, but there's a, there's a natural rhythm to life. And sometimes, you know, we need to, we need to let our, our fields, you know, be fallow for a few weeks, right? So that we can recharge and then come and give more gifts of, of, of beautiful creation to people. So I gave everyone listening permission to take a break, to be with their family and to rest as well as myself. And I was really, I was really glad I did that, even though it, I did break the rules of like perfect consistency. But when I came back, I had a fresh new perspective. I realized that I was going to do my second year in a season of ritual because that was what working with my clients, I was realizing that was what they were struggling with. So it was actually quite a gift, those struggles. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like what you said there, that this helped you realize what your clients were struggling with. Because in doing this podcast, you really get to learn a lot about your audience, don't you? And what really resonates with them and is important to them. Speak a little bit about that and how you address that in the podcasts that you do. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's, it's always podcasting is such a beautiful medium, but it also is one of the mediums where uh, you kind of have to really pull your audience out. And I have had the pleasure and the gift of meeting some of my listeners and having conversations with some of my listeners, which I would say anyone who is a podcaster, you really want to, to create that active participation and offer some of your time so you can really get to hear what people are struggling with and what they're thinking. And so, yeah, so as far as for me, I, I realized that I'm a big proponent of going to conferences and events where, you know, our people, where your people, the people you love to be around are hanging out, where they're where they're learning as well, because those people also will become some of your listeners and you'll create a, a relationship around that too. So it's important to, to actually know who some of those people are, to have conversations, to find out what they're struggling with. And in the beginning of my podcast, I would say I was more of like, I really think this is what they need to know. And I was more of an activist. I was wanting to like share and change people's minds about certain things. And I would say over time that shifted and it, and it was more, became more of a co-creation. So I guess it was last year I started coaching people. And when I opened that up, there were some natural takers right away because they've been listening. You know, there was a trust relationship created. And so one of the things I noticed right away in working with people was that one of their biggest struggles was managing their time and their rituals. So Absolutely. I mean, the relationships that were created provide so much insight into the direction going forward. And I think that was a huge mindset shift for me, going from like, I'm just an artist making all this stuff for you to we're co-creating this together. Does that make sense? Totally. It totally makes yeah. sense. I really like what you just said. I think it's really important for uh, you know someone listening to this as a thought leader to think about the brilliance of what you just said, Nicole, because... A lot of thought leaders fall in love with just their thinking and they don't necessarily go into 
uh, a space of understanding how it helps people. How does my thought leadership make an impact, make a difference in a person's life? And if you're interacting with your audience, be it you know through various social media or as you say, go to conferences and events, and at that point in time, as a result of you interacting with your audience, you understand what they want and you bring that to them in your in your podcast. Of course, it's going to be natural that they're going to want to work with you and interact with you. And it's a natural thing for them to say, oh, you got a coaching program now? Great. I want to be a part of your coaching program. So your thought leadership comes from a spirit of giving and, and from putting your heart out there. But mm-hmm. it also makes a massive difference for people because... Uh, of the fact that you're coming from that space and then it's just natural for them to want to buy. And that really, at the end of the day, as a thought leader, is what we want to cause. We want to have an impact, but we definitely want to make sure that people buy so that we have a great income. Yeah. And it's interesting, Nicole, The this, this very morning, I was listening to Perpetual Traffic, which is a, a podcast about digital marketing. And they used the exact quote you used this morning, which is Brendan Bouchard's one. <laughs> Just speak to one, that one listener. And, and the power of that is that these, that one listener is a lifer. If you have one person listening to 45 minutes and loving what you're saying and what they're getting out of it, they're going to follow you for life. And it's such a massive impact that you can have on your audience when you have, you build it from that one person to many. They, these people know who you are. The people, your listeners, know who you are, and they feel like they've probably known you for life. So when you do start to interact with them on a business level, it's Mm -hmm. a total game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. No, we really like what what you're doing and how you're implementing it in here, Nicole. So as you continue to grow uh, your own thought leadership, and as you continue to make a difference for people with what you're sharing with them, tell us what, what your vision and your plan is for the offerings and the things that you're putting together as a thought leader out in the marketplace to serve folks. Mm, yeah, that's a great question. So I'm thinking of it as like the, the podcast is like the original hub, right? That, that started everything. And it's it's like a living, breathing thing. Like it has changed a little bit over time. So what I'm creating now is like the spokes off the hub, right? And um, and one of those is the Epic Wellness Academy. And like I said, I've been focusing a lot on rituals. And I realized that there's a lot of prescriptive, awesome things that people can follow. And there's certain people that need that kind of structure to follow that you know, like for example, how Elrod's Miracle Morning is amazing. It helped me to get to to realize the value of um, a morning ritual and it changed my life for sure. And then there's, you know, there's a lot of different things out there. But what I realized is, you know, I'm all about in-person connection too. So I've been going to conferences and whatnot. It's something I love. And those are my people too. So I realized that there's this hole where, you know, nobody's really focusing on these amazing thought leaders and entrepreneurs that are suffering, trying to get everything done, be everything, be everywhere. And they don't maybe have the rituals of renewal. And so I realized that's that's an area I'm really focusing on with my Epic Wellness Academy is, you know, how do you renew on a daily, on an hourly, on a weekly, on a monthly basis? And I want to help entrepreneurs and thought leaders and creatives and conscious business people to really bring that to the forefront.
So that's what I'm creating in the Epic Wellness Academy and also one of wanting to create an event in person because I love that. So as an entrepreneur, you want to match up your strengths, your loves, your your highest value that you can bring with what you're offering, right? I mean, you guys know that. And then I also have an intimate mastermind that I'm doing. So I'm kind of bringing some people I've already been working with together into kind of a co-collaborative environment. I realized I can't do too many things all at once and I got to keep my my little hub, my podcast going and I love it. It's, it's something I love doing. So that's really the, the main things I'm working on right now. I love it. I love how you said this is the hub, the podcast, and the spokes are where you do the Epic Wellness Academy, the live events, and the Intimate Mastermind. I think that's really important for thought leaders to understand that having a space where you can share your gift and just giving it freely is the source of your connection and your ability to make a difference in the world. I mean, Steve Jobs, when he came back to Apple, he really was all about Apple taking a stand and making a difference for people who were crazy enough to want to change the world. Those are the people Mm -hmm. that Apple honored, right? I mean, if you think of that think different ad of his that was narrated by Richard Dreyfuss, where you had people like Amelia Earhart and uh, Albert Einstein and folks like that in it, that's what Mm -hmm. that was all about. And to me, thought leaders are the same people. That's Mm -hmm. why we do what we do. We're all about serving you and other thought leaders and helping them learn from you and learn from one another so that there's this worldwide community, this movement that helps these people, helps you as a thought leader have a bigger impact, have way more income, have reached more people. And by doing that, you get to change the world in your way. And when there's thousands of you changing the world, we get to change the world. That's really Mm. our vision. That's what gets Michael and I all riled up and excited to get up in the morning and interview you. Mm. Yes, I love that. And yeah, I think it's funny. We have a similar mission. Mine is I want to help the entrepreneurs keep the wheels on the bus so they can keep going and keep changing the world. And they don't have like a crash and burn moment because, right? I mean, we've all been there. No, absolutely. Yeah, You know, the other thing you said there, Nicole, I wanted to draw out was uh, you said things have changed a little bit since you got started. And I think for the listeners, you know, and myself and Nikki, you know, we constantly think, you know, it's got to be perfect before, for me anyways, I'm a perfectionist. It's got to be perfect before I let it get out to the world. And I love that, you you know, you know, you're seeing that this has changed and we've created one of our, our uh, thought leader codes in our program is there is no permanence. There is always going to be change. And, and yes. for me, that's for me, it really helps because I embrace that. So, OK, it, there's no permanence. We can get this out there. It's better to get it out there and let the world see it, consume it, uh, work with it. And then we can we can polish the stone afterwards. So share a little bit more about that. How was that difficult for you? Did you face any challenges as you evolved in your podcast? Mm, yeah. So it's almost like there's been several life cycles and shifts for sure. The first, it, it was hard for me to launch. I, I'd probably have a, as an artist, a touch of, you know, perfectionism and wanting things to be beautiful as well. And, uh, and so I think I... Michael I probably, doesn't feel that way ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it also stands for the, you know, wanting excellence. So that it, it's the flip side of it is a good thing. But it also, you know, we have to take quick action, rapid action too. So I did in the very beginning, I think I stalled about two months. And if you talk to a lot of podcasters have done that because it's just that initial leap is scary. I know John Lee Dumas was one that that 
shares that story of stalling for about three months. So that was one area. My podcast, when I started, like I said, it was more, it was much more activist mindset based. And I shifted realizing that people need nurturing to make those big kind of aggressive changes. They need nurturing on that process. And I realized you know, I love the food babe and I love Dr. Mercola and some really aggressive activists in the in the wellness space. But I realized that actually that wasn't me, even though I, I thought that it's a part of me. But my my technique is more fun and nurturing through that process. So I stepped more into who I was probably a few months in. And I ended up identifying four areas of thought leadership I was talking about. So I had like my movement makers and those were people that are changing the world with their movement. It was the spirit artist. That was more the creative energy, healing, that kind of thing. I had high performance because of course, you know, I studied Brendan and Hal's a big mentor of mine. And so I wanted to be able to highlight those people as well. And then I would have the epic expert, which was like usually a health expert topic. And that was a period that went on for probably six or eight months. And that worked pretty well, except it was four different things. So that was kind of cuckoo, like as far as keeping up with all that. And it was really cool because it developed probably like my content around that kind of stuff. But now I've shifted. I'm friends with Kate Erickson and she was the one who kind of gave me permission to decide to do like a season because we had coffee one day and she was telling me she was switching her podcast to seasons. And I was like, wow, because I was really feeling interested in rituals because that was what all of my clients were struggling with. And I also, you know, wanted to make my rituals better always, 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 right? We're always learning, growing. How do we do it better? So that was what I was really interested in myself. And I gave myself permission as the artists. We're all artists creating our life and our whatever our world is, I believe that we're creating it always. So I gave myself permission to create something a little different, to take the best of what was already going on in the show and then to focus even more. And I feel like that was everything because this year has blown up with opportunity. As soon as I kind of claimed my my space of like creating entrepreneurial sustainability through rituals and habits, through tapping into our highest self, through that foundation, right? And as soon as I started talking about this and claiming it, I've gotten speaking gigs, opportunities have come my way because I went, you know, more of an inch wide, mile deep rather than everything wellness, right? So that's been really important. Phenomenal. And that is textbook in terms of your niche message. Once you nail that, you've seen the benefits and we, we talk about it a lot. So well done on that and looking forward to see where, where it goes. Uh, and it's challenging and it's taking you a while to do it. But, you mm-hmm. know, in a grand scheme of things, it's not that long. You know, you've, you've got your rituals, you're being consistent, you're getting yourself out there, things are evolving. And wow, you're an overnight success. It only took a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so hats off again to you, Nicole, on that. You, you mentioned the seasons. Now, I'm curious, right? What is a season? I've never, you know, I get the whole concept of a season, but I've never really thought of it. And Nikki's pointing at me saying, you know, Michael, we need a season. And <laughs> tell us more about that. I'm sure the listeners want to know as well. Yeah. Oh, so I think a season could be whatever you decide you want it to be. I realized that as I was developing content, 
for the first part of the Epic Wellness Academy is rituals. So here I am needing to learn more, needing to develop content around this. I chose a word for the year and it was alignment. And I wanted everything I was doing to be in alignment because I felt so spread out. Anybody who's creating, you know, a podcast, trying to do two or three other things, maybe you have a family, you know, maybe maybe you have some friends you need to see, you know, their life is happening. None of us have that. No thought leader has that. We have all the yeah. time in the world for this. Alignment. I'm like, I need alignment in my life. Yeah. So I think that was like one of my main intentions and realizing that my clients were working in needing to work on rituals, whether they're business related or uh, lifestyle related. I mean, that's, we're all trying to create one beautiful flowing life. So for me, it was like, okay, rituals is my jam. And I'm wanting to learn about that even more, creating content around that. And then how can I get all those things to work together? So the season felt like a natural fit. Now, I know I have this other focus that's going to shift into more around sourcing and clean food and all this other stuff. So that may be my second season. But until I have that, the rituals completed, and there's so much to talk about. As I've been going through this, I realized I hadn't even, like this last week, I had a show on on money mindset, on money rituals, right? And on purpose rituals. This, this week right now. And so there's it's opened up into all these beautiful subtopics that are so important to wellness too, because I'm all about, you know, wellness is everything, like working together in conjunction to create an epic life. So it's been a fun adventure. And I'm thinking there'll probably be three seasons this year, but I'm still in the first one right now and probably wrapping it up pretty soon this summer. Yeah, yeah. Very, it's a very cool concept. <laughs> I, I like the idea. I think it. I think it's smart, and uh, we'll be watching to see how it goes. I also think it's a really great way to develop content mm-hmm. for your thought leadership. Right? I mean, it, it's really important to continue to to learn and to extend your thinking. And this whole concept of a season around rituals means that if you do 10, 15 podcasts on it, you've got enough material to even put together a program or a book. Yeah, you're right on about that. And and here's the thing, that's when we start to feel overwhelmed and overextended when we're trying to create content in one area. We're trying to produce something else over here and nothing's really syncing up. So I think it creates synchronicity. And then that's when things get amplified is what I'm finding. Yeah, we like it. We like it. You know, you know mm-hmm. one of the things we say instead of what we do is that as a thought leader, you only have three jobs. One of them is to think. And that's probably your most important job. You got to Put in the time to do original thinking in your area of thought leadership. The second one is you got to sell. You got to be able to sell what you've thought of. It's got to make a difference in people's lives and it's got to be something that's commercially viable. And the final thing is you got to deliver it. Delivering it is pretty straightforward. You've got to just deliver whatever it is that you thought up and sold to people so that it does end up making the difference in their lives that you want it to make. And as a thought leader, it can be really hard not to get distracted by other things that are necessary, but don't fall into one of those three buckets. I totally agree. (laughs) The bright and shiny, that's probably one of the biggest challenges of being a thought leader. (laughs) Yeah, uh, shiny object syndrome. Yes. (laughs) Michael and I have never run into that ever, not even once. I know know you haven't, no. (laughs) So listen, you know, by way of us uh, wrapping up this phenomenal uh, interview. I wanted to just ask you for your three expert action steps for our thought leader listener to help that person really apply some of your wisdom and your knowledge to their thought leadership. 
And also, you know, there's a way for them to get in touch with you or learn about what you do, like a website or a program or whatever. It'd be great to have you talk about that as well. Mm, okay. So I'm thinking if for somebody out there that's a new thought thought leader or you're in, maybe you're in it for a little while, one of the things I've been implementing that's been really working for me is, is just-in-time learning. Maybe you've heard this before, but I have stopped consuming everything that's coming my way and I've become a just-in-time learner. So if I need to learn, I've moved my email list over to ConvertKit. I need to learn how to use ConvertKit effectively. That's what I'm learning about until I master that. And I would also say mastery (laughs) is key. So, you know, for those of us who are just excited creators and we want to learn and we want to go and we, it's important to master these things so that you can move forward and learn a new skill. So I think putting time in your schedule to, to master your skill sets is huge. As far as something that they can be doing, it's really important to consider your rest and renewal as something that is a part of your business. So, you know, having um, rituals of taking breaks uh, will extend your ability to work in a focused way. Um, that could even be, I mean, for me, I, I weave my rituals into throughout my day. So I don't just have a miracle morning or a morning ritual. I have renewal rituals that I weave into my day. And then one thing I really think people should have as a ritual is a a shutdown time or an unplug time, which for me, once a week, I am completely offline. <laughs> I know that sounds counter to thought leadership, but it's been so helpful because I can I can really, really check into my physical world here with my family. And I love, like, I'm an artist. So that gives me time to do projects around the house, do the art around my house, creating my nesting in my home. And so for you, that could be something else. That might be time to go to your workshop or time to go hang out with friends. But I think it's really important to unplug because that go, go, go frenetic energy is what's creating this burnout. Hmm. So those are, that's some advice I would share. Amazing. And uh, how do people get in touch with you? Is it going to one of your websites, your podcast? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so my website is www.theartofepicwellness.com. You're welcome if you're listening to email me anything you want, Nicole at theartofepicwellness.com. That's how you get in touch. And then I'm also on Twitter as EpicWell or I'm on Facebook. That's a good place to reach me via Messenger. I'm pretty good about that one. That's right. And we'll we'll have all of your your links and, and information on our site at this episode on the business of thoughtleadership.com so listeners can go and get all that great information there. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. This was fantastic. And thanks again for listening to another phenomenal episode of The Business of Thought Leadership. You've been listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening.